Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, everybody. This is Sandy, and I am the founder and chief love officer at Last First Date. I want to thank you for joining us today. Last First Date Radio is a show about achieving healthy, off-the-charts love in the second half of life. We have a, a great show coming up for you today. I'm going to be speaking with Trish Everett about how to communicate effectively, especially when you're in conflict. It's one of my fav- most favorite topics, and I'm right now preparing for the launch of my communications course, How to Talk to Men So Men Will Listen and Listen So Men Will Talk, where we go into great detail about how to understand men, how to communicate with men. Um, but most importantly, we start with how to understand yourself and your own emotions. We often don't even know how to name an emotion that's important to us or what we're feeling, what we're needing. Um, And if you can't do that, then it's really hard to have the clarity to communicate with a significant other. So if you're a woman and you're over 40 and you want to learn how to be a rock star communicator, how to be a man whisperer, as I like to say, then head on over to lastfirstdate.com and you can see a link to my course. It will pop up on the, on the home page or basically any other page. And um, I would love to have you and we still have a few spots open. And um, just while, we're, while you're over there, if you want to grab a copy of my free guide on how to stop making those mistakes that we keep making over and over again in dating and turn them around so that you can find love again, um, just go over to lastfirstdate.com and grab a copy. You can just fill out your name and your email And you'll also be kept up with all that's going on in the Last First Date community, which includes these awesome radio shows that I do every week with with fabulous guests. And um, one last thing is um, if you're not there yet, we just got a whole lot of new members in my last, your Last First Date community over on Facebook. So if you would like to join my private group, You just need to request um, membership to join, and I will approve you. Just go on over to your last first date on Facebook groups, and uh, I would love to have you in the group where you get to talk about anything that you're going through, including communication issues, because those come up a lot. And that's what we're going to be focusing on today with Trish Everett. I wanted to give a quick shout-out to my sponsor, Audible. Audible is a wonderful source for Audible audio books. That's the word I'm looking for. And uh, if you love to read but you don't have time to read, just take your books on the go, in the car, when you're jogging, when you're at the gym. And um, Audible now has, I think, over 200,000 titles. So join Audible by um, going to audibletrial.com forward slash last first date. That's audibletrial.com forward slash last first date, and you'll get a free book and a free month of Audible. 
Okay, and now I want to welcome our special guest today. Trish Everett is an inner story coach. She specializes in helping individuals and couples untangle the dynamics that are draining them. She helps them to connect more deeply with themselves and with other people in their lives. Trish has worked for 18 years helping people build their personal power. She's a lecturer of wellness at RMIT University in Melbourne, and she runs her own coaching and education business. She is passionate about exploring the magical space where freedom and connection both live. I love that. She's based in a country town in Australia. She's a single mom of two girls. Welcome to the show, Trish, all the way from Australia at 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Hi, good morning, Sandy. Yes, I may have a few yawns, but yes, it's lovely <laughs> to be here. So nice to have you and hear your lovely accent. Um, so let's get into it. Why is talking through conflict so important? And I know that um, this is one of the hardest things for people to do. They they love to just ignore it, um, suppress it, or rage at it. But, you know, you teach people how to talk through it. So tell us why that's so important. Well, I guess it comes down to that, that feeling of being connected with each other because communication, Communication is kind of the bridge that helps people to go from oh, when the conflict's there. It oh goodness, it's four o'clock in the morning. Where am I? Where? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> oh, it's um okay. So it was the connection, and what happens is when the conflict is there, that it almost creates a wall between it. And that the bigger that wall gets, the harder it becomes to actually talk about the things that are bothering us. Um, and so then all these things happen. Like you say, people either suppress it, which is where um, it's almost like they put lids of resentment on what's happening for them. And then it just kind of festers and gets all gooky on the inside. Or, or they do, they rage at it. And, and that's also really disconnecting because... They're not meeting their partner. They're they're going off on these tangents, and the whole effect of all of that is that they become more and more disconnected, and that's no way to be in a relationship. You want you want to be connected and reaching out and finding middle ground all the time as you go through these things. Yeah. So you want to find the middle ground, and and yeah, either either of those two choices of suppressing or raging. Um, don't work. They they actually disconnect you from the person that you're talking to. Um, and I, I think you know one of the one of the things that really fascinated me when I was starting the work that I do as a dating coach and learning my communication skills that I teach to my clients is the whole the work of John Gottman. And mm-hmm. um, and when he talked about the the four horsemen of the apocalypse, the ways that we fight that are the absolute worst and almost always predictors of divorce. Um, It it was fascinating to me to really understand the connection between all of them. So criticism and contempt and stonewalling and I always forget one. Um, Do you know what the fourth one is? 
um, I, I defensiveness. Can't pull defensiveness. It from my brain right now either. <laughs> yeah, so defensiveness. So all of those are sort of ways to slam the door on somebody. It's always about you and not the two of you. And it's not, it doesn't connect you. It just gets something off your chest. You're talking at somebody instead of with somebody. Um, so, yeah, can you expand a little bit on that? Like why these ways of arguing don't work yeah absolutely um so i guess what comes to mind is i I actually this is from ram das and i just really love the picture of it and it's kind of like if you imagine a relationship is like a triangle and so on one side you have um one person on the other side you have the other person but the third part of the triangle is actually the relationship and Mm -hmm. each of those sides needs something so um if in those in those places of you know either stonewalling or being defensive or all those patterns that you were talking about what happens is that's only about one side of the triangle it's not nurturing the other person and it's not nurturing the relationship and so too much time in a relationship is spent on only one side of the triangle sort of spouting what's going on for them without hearing the other two sides, and then it doesn't give it any room to grow. Hmm. That's a good way to explain it. Um, so you're not nurturing two of the sides. You're just, just that one side, which is you. <laughs> and even then, it's not nurturing that either because you don't feel much better when you just get, I mean, some people do, I guess, when you just get it off your chest, um, you might feel better temporarily, but it's not going to help the relationship. Um, and I and I remember hearing about the triangle in my coaching training, um, and I actually coached with a relationship coach about my relationship with my teenage daughter at the time because I was struggling with how to resolve conflict there. And um, she had me draw a triangle on the ground, like an imaginary triangle, and stand in each part of the triangle so I could actually feel what it feels like to be my daughter, feel what it feels like to be looking at the relationship from the perspective of the relationship. And that really was so helpful. Yeah, and that perspective-taking is such a beautiful bridge to get to that understanding of instead of just thinking about what's happening for you, to also think about what's happening for your partner and and what that looks like in terms of the relationship. It's a really powerful practice that you're talking about there, Sandy. Yeah, I, I love doing things like that, where you actually physically move mm-hmm. into a space. Um, and I did yes. a lot of that kind of um, workshops like that when I first started coaching um, before I became a dating coach, and I was just really into the life coaching part. Um, yeah, these are there's some really incredible ways to really shift your mindset. Yeah, so let's absolutely. talk about uh, yeah. Um, when is the best time to talk about these hard things that come up? Ooh, the best time question. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's um it's an interesting one because um largely I would say that the best time to talk about these things is when um 
when it's not up, (laughs) when when the emotions aren't raging, when you've got yourself to a place of feeling, um, you know, really centered and grounded and that you're able to come into them um, without being in that flight or fight response. So one of the things I talk about a lot is to, you know, before you go into the conversation, to get yourself really connected and grounded and in your center because from that place you're in your relaxation response you're not in that stress response you're not about to go in and fight a bear you're about to go in and talk to your partner <laughs> yeah but you can yeah and often people don't wait for that they they go right into the immediate when when emotions are high um so, so sometimes like what i've said is like i remember when i was in conflict with my daughter years ago and I would say something like, I'm really angry right now, but I don't trust myself to talk about it. Um, so I need to calm down, but I want to pick this up later. Um, you know, even just putting it out there that this is not okay, but if I say something now, I might regret it. Um, what do you think about a response like that? Yeah, and I think, I definitely think having awareness of where you are and what you're feeling is so, um, so powerful. And that's a really empowered response to go, oh, wait up here, I am so enraged right now that I can't, (laughs) I Uh I can't go there, is, is a really responsible way to go into these things. The other thing with with anger, which is really interesting, is anger is all about action, and um, and so anger can actually be helpful in these situations to get you into a place of actually saying something, especially for those people who swallow their words. That anger can actually be a a, a really helpful thing because it it gets you past that that barrier of not saying something. So we've all got different. Um, you know, different emotions that will help us get to that place of being able to talk. So it doesn't feel like there's a generic rule that, okay, you shouldn't talk when you're angry or you should talk when you're like this. It's it's really being aware of, I think it's more important about the space within yourself that can from this place I step up and speak honestly and speak with care and speak with respect. And if you're not in that place, then it's probably not the right time. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's interesting. I think people are petrified of anger um, because often mm. people have experiences with anger in their childhood or in past experiences where anger has been scary. Um, and so anger has taken on a really bad rap and so has so has any kind of confrontation and I you know I see in online dating so many people write in their profiles I'm you know no conflict no confrontation I'm not a confrontation kind of person and I think that people are just lacking the skills and don't realize the positive aspects of anger and also of being able to speak up so um, mm. so so let's discuss some strategies for how people can get into the right mindset for this type of conversation. Sure. Um, so I think the first part of getting into the right mindset is, is just really to get connected with 
you know, get, get into the present moment, get connected with yourself. And, you know, there's um, a whole bunch of ways that people do that. And finding, if you can find a way to get into your center that really works for you, that you can just have on tap, <laughs> uh-huh. it's, it's a really great thing to get to know. For me, I'm I'm a deep breather. I I need to take a few deep breaths and let whatever is fully coming up um yeah, give it a bit of space. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's interesting. Anger's an interesting one with that in that I can have like that big flare of anger come up and I can't say anything when that big flare is going off because <laughs> mm-hmm. what will come out of my mouth isn't something that I'll be particularly proud of. But then <laughs> after a couple of breaths, that initial surge of it dissipates, but I still have the qualities of anger that are the, uh, why it's there in that it's about a boundary that's been crossed that I want to withhold, like hold up. It's about some kind of level of protection. So after the breath, I still have that, um, that quality of wanting the boundaries and wanting the protection. And I still, so the impetus to say it is still there, but it's lost its, um, I've lost my sharp tongue for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. So there are a whole bunch of different ways that people can get back to that place where it's not so um, so feisty. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and breathing is one of them. Um, getting into your body and feeling grounded is another one. So really feeling into your feet um, or into your hands. Extremities are a great place to go. <laughs> Yeah. Um, another one is um, just to, to tell yourself you're calm. The the power of just going, you know, I'm calm. I can bring myself to center. I I'm I've got this. You know, talking to yourself in that positive way to bring yourself back to to yourself can also be really helpful for some people. Mhm. Um. That's so cool. yeah, the first part of it is that getting getting centered. Sorry, Sandy, you were going to say something because I went on again. <laughs> no, 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 that's cool. I, I like the self-talk because we, we're really good at, like, all the negative self-talk, but the positive self-talk is harder for people. So if you're going to say, I've got this, or, you know, I'm calm, I'm cool, you know, I can handle this, um, you know, you're cheering yourself on, which I, I like that a lot. Yeah, and I think the key with all of these is to practice them before <laughs> you get to that crazy place, mm-hmm. because if you don't have you don't have them on tap when you're in that ah place, mm-hmm. um, if you haven't practiced them beforehand. So, I, I think practicing how do you get back to that place of feeling calm, <laughs> even if it's just taking the edge off calm. Um, mm-hmm. Because the, the emotions are powerful, like they make stuff happen. Um, and so we don't want to kind of, like we were looking for, we don't want to suppress them or wait until they're completely gone away because then we've kind of missed our chance in a way. Like they, they do give the impetus to make action happen. Um, so, so just getting a way to take the edge off them so that you can still have the impetus but still be reaching out to connect. I think is um is really really big. 
the other the other part of it is I think that um you know you're doing that you're also wanting to own your stuff <laughs> and you're not wanting to take on their stuff and that's a really I think that makes conflict a whole different game the minute that you can go okay well I have these feelings they're really strong but they're mine and I own them and no one else can make me feel anything. You can be a catalyst. You can be, um, your actions can set off something in me. But my reaction to that is actually 100% my own. And when mm-hmm. you can come from that place, it's really, really powerful. And on the other side of that is that you you um, you don't take on other people's stuff. You let them fully and completely own how they feel about something and if two people can come together in conflict going hey I'm feeling really angry this thing has happened and I own that I'm feeling angry that's my response to it Um, Mm -hmm. how can we work through that is really different to coming in and going I'm angry and it's all your fault like that's a completely different conversation you're about to walk into (laughs) yeah that's a great distinction and and that's what leads to defensiveness and disconnect and um, you know the I messages of what I'm feeling it's is so different um, and I, I think that also one distinction that I've come up with is that there are there are triggers that we have that have nothing to do with the person that you're with. And one of the things I, I really help clients do is to get clear on what's their trigger that has to do with a past experience that they're then projecting onto the person in front of them so it brings up a bad feeling, but it really has nothing to do with that person, um, you know. And what's an issue that that actually happened between the two of you? Um, so, have you had experience with with that kind of thing? Yeah, absolutely. There's, it's um, so interesting that we all come into a relationship with our own patterns and our own baggage. And I think that's what's so exciting about relationships is that you come into this space where this other beautiful person who you love dearly can trigger them. Uh (laughs) And that's a really, really powerful thing because if they're not triggered, you don't know that they're there and you can't work through them. But you can't do that if you... Um, misguided into thinking it's their fault <laughs> you Correct. can only really unstuck yourself from them when you when you fully own that and that mm-hmm. your your partner or the person you're dating or, or whoever it is that's showing up in your life is this um beautiful guidepost to going hey check out that stuff you got going on over there <laughs> yeah yeah i think if you can look at it that way then that's a really healthy way to see it um, because we can learn so much from people we're in partnership with. They are mirrors to who we are. And I, and I think my, my relationship with my children drastically changed for the better when I realized the gift in the conflict that we had, you know, that they were teaching me how to be a better person, how to be more aware of the tone of voice that I had um, and the ways that I was in conflict with them. And that's why I call my course How to Talk to Men so men will listen and how to listen so men will talk because it's 
taken from the parenting book that really changed my life, How to Talk So Kids Will Listen, um, by, by Adele Faber and Maslish. Um, do you know about that book? Oh, I love that book, yes. Yeah. Yep. And all the, cats, all I the think cartoons. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> love and the way it, it's it taught out. me, right, but I think it, it's the same principles that I, I apply to all relationships. It's about... It's not a one-way street. It's about really I respect you, you respect me. We earn respect by really listening better, by tuning into what the needs are of the other person. Um, but we also have to know our own needs and our own feelings. Um, otherwise, we can't really be in relationship in an effective way. Um, so let's let's talk about um I don't want to run out of time here. <laughs> There's so much to say. Um so when people are in conflict, so okay, you're going to calm yourself down and you're going to not you don't necessarily have to be completely calm, um but you want to take the edge off. And now you're going to get into a conversation. So how do you communicate effectively at this point? Yeah, I think I think that that mindset of what you were just talking about is so important going in. Um so before you even say anything is to go in with the mindset of I I want to listen and I want to be listened to and that builds that builds a a, a trust and a respect in in the conversation. Um so when when so for the first side of that of the listening of going okay so well what's going on here in that listening space is to listen with the energy of curiosity and that can really help especially if you're a person that gets defensive easily um or that you know somebody will be be talking and you won't be you won't really be able to hear what they're saying because at the same time you've got your own inner critic going on. Oh, they don't like me. They think I'm doing the wrong thing. They've got all this stuff going on that's impacting on me. To 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 go in with curiosity when you're listening, to go, wow, what is it that they're thinking and feeling? I really want to understand this. And um, again, with that, with that energy of not taking on their self, <laughs> uh-huh. but to really listen like a sponge, like sponge it all up and go, wow, so that's what's going on for you. Instead of that, that fear of what they're going to say, more that um, excitement and curiosity of, wow, what are they going to say? Coming in with that energy is, is really powerful. And then on the other side of that, when when people are talking, it's that owning. It's coming in with those I statements and really owning how people feel. But it's the the I statements. But it's also the um, I kind of I guess I kind of think of it like a pipe. <laughs> like the conversation mm. is like this this cylinder, and so the 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 best way to talk in conflict is. When somebody puts something in the pipe, that you make sure you pull it out <laughs> the other end and you go, oh, that's what they're saying. And then you put what you want to say through the pipe and check that they've received that information. Because often what happens in conflict is people are stuffing what they think in each end of the pipe <laughs> and 
and not mm-hmm. really pulling out and listening to what's happening on the other side. I don't know if that's, that makes any sense as a picture um, without a picture. <laughs> I, I'm trying to picture this. So so you put something in and they pull out. So it's not just a one-way street. Is that is that what you're trying to say, kind of? Yeah, so it's kind of like, you know how with the old radios that you'd go, um, someone would say something and then have to say, um, over at the end of the conversation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it was, it's kind of a little bit like that. So somebody speaks and it's like the over part is where you go, okay, I've heard you. Mm. And it's re- what's a really beautiful thing to do is is to actually go, oh, so I hear you're saying this. And, and say back to the person what it is that you're hearing, which is, which is a powerful thing because it's an acknowledgement. Okay, I've really heard what you've said and this is what I'm hearing. And if you've heard it wrong because of whatever little voice is going on in your head um, telling you this, that or the other, then you're opening up the conversation to make sure that you're hearing things right. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Um, so you check in, and I think that's really important because often um, people listen not to not to understand, but to be heard. Um, it's like all about them. Yes. So that that was a lot of my experience um, in my life. So I I it's so important. It's it's like an exquisite gift you can give someone to actually hear them, and not come in with your own agenda, um, which is what we do for not being curious, like you talk about. So that's that's really a beautiful way to look at it. Um, so is there another part to the communication after that? Yeah, there's the talking part. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, and so I let's, let's get to when, the talking. Yeah, let's get to the other side because, you know, you can sit there and listen and listen and listen, but um, which is beautiful, like, to to set that up. And usually what I find is people in in the relationship, if they want to make a change, the first step tends to be listening because until your partner or who you're or you're dating or your children have under like feel that they're being heard, they're going to be less willing to hear you. So it feels to me in a lot of cases that the person who's wanting to bring the change, if they can bring the listening in first, then that's really helpful because they're setting up what they want. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the other part of it is when 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 you're talking. It, again, if you can do it with with the energy of um, wanting to to be honest, like it's this honest sharing, but with compassion and care. So it's it's wanting to speak about what's what's alive for you, what's real for you, and share a little bit of your inner world, and that is a gift. For somebody to come to you and and share their inner world and share what they're really thinking and feeling is a beautiful, beautiful gift. And so to come in with it from that energy of not the I have to tell you this and you have to listen, it's more I'm giving you a gift, I'm giving you a little piece of me. Mm. And bringing in that energy really changes the way that we speak about things. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, it, it, it empowers us to to speak with this beautiful care and honesty and 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 really hold how 
important it is. So I guess I know we're running out of time, Sandy, and I could talk about this for ages. Yeah, no, we could go a few more minutes. Um, Yeah, no, it's okay. Um, So, I mean, this is just such important information, and with my upcoming course, I want to send this out to all my course participants because it's such valuable information. It's a lot of what what I teach, Um, but I love your metaphors and um, and the way that you're teaching this is, is really wonderful. So, um, it is a gift. It's it's a gift to be able to express yourself fully and to have the other person hear you, and then it it creates depth and intimacy because um, often people communicate on a very surface level and don't ever get to the depth that that leads to the most intimate relationship. Yeah, absolutely. And it's that depth where all the juicy stuff happens. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> so know. The depth, the depth is so exciting because it leads mm-hmm. to this juiciness. It's just maybe through a few hard conversations on the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting that um, my son, who's 25, is um, he still lives at home. He's about to, to move out. And um, it's been a gift to have him home because he he and I are very similar and he calls me on stuff all the time. So he's great at, at letting me know that I'm, I'm not really listening or, you know, that it's not a good time or that I should check in with him before sharing something. And um, it's just so wonderful for both of us to be able to have these kinds of conversations. Um, So I really, I I love it. I, I think it's so important. And to be open, I mean, he's so open to changing when there's behavior that's not working and he hadn't been aware. Um, but just to be able to say it and have him not be defensive and, oh, my God, it's great. <laughs> oh, that sounds gorgeous. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, all right, so you're talking and you're going to be honest and compassionate and caring. And um, and is there a last part at the end of, like, you know, just for closure? Yeah, I guess I guess the, the uh, where do I go with this? There's two, a few things popping up. But it's, it's just, to, you know, like we were talking about the triangle before. So we spoke about, you know, the listening part, which is about listening to your partner. There's a talking mm-hmm. part which, where you're coming in and giving the gift of yourself. The third part of the like that rela- relationship end of it is that these conversations are, are sacred, and a lot a lot of the time, complaints that I hear a lot are um, we've talked about it, but then it's almost like they've forgotten the whole conversation, or that um, uh, we've talked about it, but then it's it comes back at me and they use it as ammunition down the track. So it's mm. the last part of it is that these conversations have got to kind of, they've got to be sacred or, you know, honored within that relationship frame so that, you know, that you make an effort to remember the conversation and to reconnect with people, especially if it's a really big one um, that, okay, the conversation might be done, but that you have check-in points with each other as you go along. And that you you never, that, that, that you honour the sacredness of that conversation and you, that you don't, you make a commitment not to then pull that out and start it using it for some kind of blame strategy or 
um, those sorts of things. And if that happens and you're receiving it, is that there's just a clear boundary of actually, no, we spoke about that in our sacred conversation space and you're not bringing it out here, like full stop. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, the last yeah. part of that is I think around the energy of the conversation is just to really honor that. Like it's so, it is so special. Um, and it, it took a lot of energy and effort to get there. So, yeah, keep keep that bubble around it of love and respect alive. <laughs> Mhm. Yeah, the respect piece is so huge and is often missing in mm. in the relationships that don't work out. The um you know, there isn't an honoring of the of the we. It's all about the me and you know, you're in defensive mode which just is so ineffective in keeping a relationship working. Um you know, and you have to take care of your own needs to be able to get to that place and you have to fill you have to fill yourself up so that you have the bandwidth to be in a relationship and that's that's the first part of what I work on with with women who come to me is to to have them date themselves first to really um to just you know fill their life up with with people that they love with things that they love um and really know know themselves, have a morning ritual that works for you so you're taking care of you before you take care of everyone else and, you know, and come to relationship already filled up and, you know, that that leads to better relationships with others. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, if you can quickly, quickly talk about boundaries. I know we really are crunched for time, but I don't want to hang, hang up this call before we... We talk about boundaries because they are such an important part of conversation and communication. Yeah, sure. Yes, they are. They're beautiful, wonderful, wonderful things. And I guess that that's the first thing that I'll say about them is that boundaries can, I don't know, people can be afraid to set a boundary, feeling like that it's unkind or that it's um, not caring or that... Um, they're they're not open to things whereas really creating a boundary is a kindness like it's about saying this is where I start and this is where you start and I'm I guess it, it it's powerful like it, it's a really powerful thing to do is to set a boundary because without that you're you're um you're either letting somebody else's energy and thoughts and everything come in, which is weakening you, or you're overstepping your boundary and you're putting your feelings and thoughts onto somebody else, which is weakening them. And if you want to really thrive in a relationship, you want everybody to be as strong as possible because, look, it's not easy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you, if you can have the boundaries there of, like, this is mine and... And that's yours on on all levels. Like sometimes there needs to be like a physical boundary of going, hey, actually right now I just need to be in my own physical space. Sometimes it's a, a mental barrier going, no, they're your thoughts. I'm not taking them on. Sometimes it's a feeling boundary where it's like, no, they're, they're your feelings and these are my feelings and we've both got our own feelings. I don't have to be responsible for your feelings. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's an energetic boundary that, you know, somebody walks in a room and you feel them. 
sometimes you need to just protect yourself energetically so that you're not taking on their energy before you've even spoken about anything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that's my very quick um, two-minute summation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and it, it, I love how you make the distinction too, because I think it's so important to know that is it's powerful and it is kindness. It's it's um, this is what people stay away from this with like like with the ten foot pole, like you know, just setting those clear boundaries. And I actually just co co-authored a a little ebook um, on Kindle about the secrets to setting healthy boundaries in dating with Teresa Byrne who was on was a guest on my radio show and we created 20 tips for um quick quick boundaries that you can just pull out and use um so you have them at your fingertips because I think part of the problem is that people don't know what to say um when they feel the boundaries being crossed and so things like mm-hmm that doesn't work for me um, or that makes me uncomfortable or, you know, here's what does work. You know, this doesn't work, this does. Can I tell you what will work better? You know, those kinds of things where it's just the languaging and once you get used to the language, you can be a boundary expert. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And again, so. it's good with boundaries to start on the little stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, don't wait for the giant conflict, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, just start with the really little stuff. Like, um, you know, uh, when you're in my space, I I, I would really like you to put your, you know, put your plates up at the kitchen sink. And, you know, that's (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) like Mm -hmm. that you start with the really little, little, little things. Yeah. Yeah, like when my daughter came home from college yesterday and all of her stuff was in the living room. Um, you know, and and not being used to putting stuff directly into the dishwasher and all of a sudden the space is invaded. And I know I felt like, oh, my God, we have to rein that in now before we get into a big conflict. Um, So we were able to actually talk it out in a very nice, calm way. Um, So thank you so much, Trish, for coming on the show today. This Boy, we could talk for hours. This is such a hot topic and so important. And um, you've shared so much great, great, valuable content with us. Thank you. Oh, it's been a total pleasure. Even at four in the morning, Sandy, it was worthwhile getting up for. (laughs) I'm totally honored that you did that. Um, And um, just tell people where they can find you, what your website is. Yeah, sure. So my website is um, just www.trisheverett.com.au and you can find me there. I'm also on Facebook um, and I do have a Facebook group for women in business who want to explore um, the round of their stuff and that's called Fully Swan for Women in Business. Great. All right. Well, thank you again, and uh, go forth and help more people communicate effectively. And um, I thank everybody for listening today, and I hope you all go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day.